0: Green Team Academy podcast, episode 68. Tune in to hear my interview with Christina Welch, executive director of Jovial Concepts in Denver, and hear how they are changing lawns to gardens in neighborhoods and working with kids in schools so that kids learn where food comes from. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to make a positive impact for the planet? If so, then you're in the right place. My name is Joan Gregerson, and I am an eco nut. Thanks for joining me today, and don't forget to head over to the greenteamacademy.com website to pick up plenty of other resources to help you on your way. And with that, let's get started. Team, welcome back! It's really nice to be hanging out with you today. And today I have a really special guest here. Uh, this is Christina Welch. She is the executive director of Jovial Concepts and the Co-op at First. And we connected with uh, with Christina as we were starting our Accelerator Lab and trying to figure out a place that we could that we could meet that also really embodied the the values that we were trying to do, helping teams get together and work together, and that's exactly what um, Christina is all about. So with that, hello, Christina. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joan. Thanks for doing this. Um, So, Christina, I know that you have been doing Jovial Concepts for a good 10 years or so, but what, start by telling me, like, what got you into this? What what brought you into this idea of, of gardening and community building and all the cool things which we are going to talk about um, in a minute?
1: I was 22 years old and with some of the economic uh, status of our country, I was a bit lost after paying... A lot of money for college and not really knowing what next steps to take and looking at the teacher salaries that was being offered. And I ended up taking a road trip and focusing on myself a bit. And then I came across a documentary by Jeremy Gilley called Peace One Day. And I was really inspired by this documentary. I reached out to Jeremy and I said, hey, I want to create peace and community in my neighborhood. What can I do? And Jeremy said, you know, everyone can Create peace, they can create community initiatives, they can build support um, for the least of these in our communities. And so he said, you know, what he really recommended is just reaching out to folks and seeing what the needs were. And from 2012 to 2016, over and over again, um, the need we heard about the most was food. Um, we were working and doing some after school programs with at risk youth, and they would come hungry. Um, Many of them hadn't eaten since breakfast that morning or something in the school lunch. Um, But, you know, come five, six o'clock at night, if you're a growing 12, 13 year old, you're hungry at that time. So um, it just became really clear to us that we needed to focus on our food systems. And we partnered up with Virginia Till and the EPA and learned a lot about the food policy council and food waste and about that time, we had partnered with the Iber Resilience Circle, um, which is kind of an edgewater for those who are unfamiliar, uh, next to edgewater, between kind of edgewater and Lakewood area. Um, and, you know, we were kind of brainstorming and Tom Slabe and Carrie Sonneborn and Will Davis said, let's start building garden, let's, let's start feeding people. So in 2016, we launched our lawns to Garden program where we take a portion, usually a three by 10 kind of square foot area, two of them in each yard. So um, we'll transform into two garden beds usually, and we do everything from ripping out the lawn to amending the soil, building the bed, adding irrigation, making sure that our homeowners have all the tools they need to have a successful garden throughout the year. And then every Saturday we work with the homeowners and their family to teach them each step of gardening over the course of three years. So they get to see a few different vegetables in those gardens. They get to see how the beds are made. Um, And it's just been a really fantastic program. Most of our participants are lower income families that often have to look for ways to offset grocery bill costs. So it's really great to offer fresh fruits and veggies um, to the kids uh creates a lot of community because we usually have 10 to 15 houses in a row on a street. And so you'll get, you know, these 7 to 10-year-old kids saying, hey, mom, I'm going to go make the snack. And then they'll run door to door to the neighbors that they know and grab carrots. They know where the lettuce is at. They know where peas are and make these amazing lunches for their families or snacks, after-school snacks. Um, and I think it's really cool because the parents are like, you know, our kids are educating us now and they're really drawing us to talk to our neighbors more and have the healthy food and participate in our neighbors' lawns as much as our own. It kind of reminds me of victory
0: gardens from the World War II era where everybody was doing their part and building community like that. And so so you're saying that the people that participate, they have a garden, they're able to, so they're they learn about gardening, they eat. The food that comes out of it, um, is there, what if there's food that they don't want or there's extra or how does that work?
1: So our homeowners will eat as much food out of their gardens. We do some supplemental cooking, canning and freezing classes so they can learn how to extend the year for as much of the season as possible. And then any food that's not eaten by the homeowner is donated to food banks and elementary schools that are in the area. Um, We average about 5,000 pounds of produce every year that's donated above and beyond what the volunteers and gardeners eat.
0: That is amazing. And so are the gardens that we're talking about, so Lakewood and Denver, Colorado, is that the general area that you serve?
1: So mostly that kind of West Denver, west of the I-25 corridor, and then out towards Jefferson County but we do have a small neighborhood team in Aurora as well.
0: Christina if somebody wants to participate um, like how do you how do you find people how does the funding work I'm just amazed at everything that you're doing and wondering how you know how do you get the financial engine behind it to to make it all happen.
1: Um, Basically, we invite homeowners, um, if they can, to make a $29 a month donation. It costs us about $600 um, a year over the three years to build a new garden and educate the homeowner how to continue to garden. Um, So it's a total of about $1,800 per participant in our program. Um, The funds for that come from either donations of the $29 a month. Um, We do have some generous donors who have chosen to sponsor gardens that aren't at their home which is really nice and then we have um, grants and other things to offset so that um, we, we don't have to turn anyone away if someone wants a garden and they're in one of our neighborhoods then we can go ahead and do that with our grants.
0: And so say again so what are the neighborhoods that you're working in now?
1: So we have a garden team in Arvada, uh, Two of them in Lakewood, one kind of more by Belmar and then one kind of on the 40 West side of town. Um, We have gardens in Edgewater and gardens in Aurora. There are 67 gardens total.
0: I love also that you're doing a three-year program because I feel like there's so many things like come attend our one-hour class and then go out and do things. And that's just not very, very realistic. What's what's kind of your niche or your philosophy when you're working with people?
1: Sure. So I think a lot of our roots came from folks who had been really ambitious and wanted to garden but didn't have uh, the tools, the funding, the know-how, and they would watch YouTube videos and then be like, well, my stuff is still dying. I don't understand. And what I learned working with the Master Gardeners and some fantastic horticulturists over the years is things want to grow. They really, really do. And with some pretty basic education around soil quality and watering, you can have a successful garden. And it's um, our philosophy is really making gardening accessible to anyone. We don't do the expensive fancy trellises. We don't do really fancy beds. We really give our participants the basics so that they can see how affordable and easy a garden can be for anyone. The big difference with Jovial Concepts to some of the other garden programs in Colorado is that we really take every step of the process with our homeowners. So we spend 36 weeks each year um, building the beds, planting the seeds, amending the soil. So the homeowner is part of every step of the process each year for three years, because I know if I started a bed and then three or four years later I want to expand, I may not remember what we did in the beginning, but what's great is since the homeowners come out with us and the volunteers each year, they see that process three times. And I feel like that's a really special number. You do something three or four times, you're going to really have it down. Um, And so I feel like most of our garden hosts by year two, two and a half are really standing on their own two feet and having successful gardens on their own And then they also know that if they ever have a question or a need, they can reach out to us. We're always really accessible. Um, I think the other big difference that sets our folks up for success is I'm pretty sure we're the only garden group that puts in drip irrigation. Um, I know there's a lot of groups that have a philosophy that hand watering is better. It creates more engagement with the garden, but I feel like with my passion of sustainability, hand watering just sets us up to, waste a lot of water and have irregularly watered plants, which then don't thrive the way a plant that gets the same amount of water every day would.
0: So you guys are putting a drip system in every garden that you do and do the, are the homeowners also kind of involved in that process?
1: Absolutely. So our homeowners learn basic irrigation skills, which really comes in handy because once you learn how to put in a drip irrigation system, you see that your basic home sprinkler system isn't much different so through the gardens a lot of our folks have learned how to change their irrigation systems that exist at their home maybe add in drip lines and do native garden beds or redo their lawn sprinklers because they had a dead sprinkler in the corner forever they didn't know how to fix and realizing how simple irrigation is Um, and one of the things I'm really proud of is this year we won an award that was a partnership of Ewing Irrigation and Audubon International Society um, for water protecting. So we're really proud of that 2019 award um, because we have put drip irrigation in all 67 of our gardens so we don't have water just spraying out into the air or puddling or being wasted in any way.
0: And um, do you also, in addition to um, residents who want a, a garden at their home, do you also put gardens elsewhere?
1: Absolutely. So, we have a few school partnerships that we're really proud of. So, we've been working with um, Edgewater Elementary for about six years, Eagleton, um, Great Works Montessori, and a few others. And then we also have garden beds at the Forty West Art District uh, corporate building.
0: And so, how does that work in those cases? Like, let's say you're working at an elementary school. Um, How how is that process different? Cause you don't have that family that's there working with you and living with the garden.
1: So with the schools has been great. We have greenhouses. So we really um, changed the season that we're working in the gardens to fit with the school schedule, because we found that having outdoor gardens at schools, they tend to get abandoned over the summer, um, which can be really difficult because that's when a lot of the learning would take place. So, Um, We do seasonal gardening in the greenhouses, and then the kids grow a lot of the starter plants. So if they do choose to come and participate over the summer, their plants get planted into our residential gardens and the gardens at our headquarters. So the kids can still participate with their plants just in a little bit um, different way.
0: So what types of things are they growing in in the greenhouse?
1: Tomatoes. I think that's a really fun one that the kids love. We've done a lot of tomatoes and pepper, stars, eggplant, and then it gives us a chance to do some indoor science experiments. So I know next year um, we're doing some extra stuff with a third grade class where they're learning life cycles. So we're incorporating the greenhouse into their curriculum where basically we get to do all the soil samples and starter cups. So we'll start the tomatoes, eggplants, beans, summer stuff that doesn't doesn't do so well if you just plant it into the ground in Colorado. The kids will come out and they'll get to use like these notebooks to draw each stage as the plant is growing and flourishing and learning about um, all the different plant processes that go into creating healthy food.
0: I, I so wish
1: I would have had that
0: as a kid, as I'm like learning these things from a textbook. We were just out at the University of Denver's community garden and the assistant professor of teaching in botany was saying the same thing that you know they would just step right out into the community garden and all of a sudden the the students are like just alive and and so vibrant when you get to see it actually happening
1: they absolutely love it and once you build that relationship with food you see the eating habits drastically change as well um Just little things like plastic and garbage. They're suddenly mortified if it falls on the ground because now they understand that goes into my food. That goes into my body. And, um, you know, kids who tell me they hate tomatoes, as soon as they grow a tomato, they'll eat it. They're like, I grew this and they're so proud of it. And at Edgewater, one of my favorite days, the kids got to make a giant salad for the salad bar for the cafeteria. Out of everything we grew, um, we did a lot of lettuces that year, too. And so they got on the school speaker and they were just doing the announcements for the morning and they're like, make sure you get a salad today because we grew it, you guys. And I just that that pride in that relationship, I think, is so important when we're talking about health and wellness.
0: Those things that really have only been an issue in the last hundred years or so, the disconnection with our food. So that's really cool that year putting that together. Before we wrap up, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about the co-op at first. And, and as I was saying at the beginning, this, it was so neat for us because the green team accelerator lab, we're bringing together faith communities and businesses and neighborhoods um, and uh, community groups and all trying to learn from each other. And it was so cool to have our first meeting and our and our last meeting will also be there at the co-op and hear about how how the co-op is really a place of doing that community building um where you're located which is near first and sheridan so tell us a little bit about how the co-op got started and what's been happening with that
1: absolutely so um there were twin sisters very passionate about making sure that everyone in this low income community had access to food, water, shelter, clothing, um, job education, and access. And so in 1980, they built this building and donated it to the community to serve low income families. And um, we had partnered, the Adventists um, had taken it over for many years, and we had partnered here while it was a Food bank and free medical services um, building. And a couple years ago, um, they decided they were going to have to close their doors. And my board member, also a brilliant, powerful female, said, Let's buy the building. And we did. And we've transformed it into a health and wellness cooperative that still has a multitude of services for low income families from SNAP sign up, energy bill assistance, um, we have sliding scale services. Uh, the services we offer are all focused on creating healthy minds, bodies, um, and an environment. We're really trying hard to be an example of sustainability in our community. Um, so we also got our Green Business Certification Award this year through Certifiably Green Denver. Um, but basically, yeah, we have a yoga studio, a large event space, a commercial kitchen, uh nine offices that we have a multitude of nonprofit and for-profit tenants that are supporting their community and then a neighborhood run grocery store that's open year-round. Our grocery store accepts food stamps and even gives out double bucks. So if you come in to purchase something and you're lower income, um, you'll get your money matched to buy fruits and vegetables, which is really, I think, a great program for increasing that nutritious food in the area Um, Some of the services our tenants offer are everything from Ayurvedic doctors, naturopathic doctors, and we just had a medical doctor, MD, move in. Um, We have chiropractic, Tibetan cranial, acupuncture, yoga, Zumba, Tai Chi, salsa, (laughs) a whole multitude of things that will get you moving, your body feeling better, and your stomach full cool programs that we offer is a family date night so once a month from I think it's five o'clock to nine o'clock you can drop your kiddos off they'll get a healthy meal and movement activities while you can take the night off as a parent and go have some fun Um, we offer a community clinic that is uh, donation-based that has a multitude of services from um, the chiropractic and acupuncture side to medical doctors Um, And that's the first Sunday of every month. We have a pop-up market that invites folks in the neighborhood to come sell goods and wares and enjoy some of the vendors we already have. And that's the third Sunday of every month. And the last one is starting in the summer 2020 will be a um, summer food program site, which means kids who don't have access to food outside of the schools can stop by the co-op and get a free lunch Um, we'll probably partner that with some activities as well
0: and so how long has the co-op been open
1: it's been fully open and functional about nine months so it's still pretty new and we're working really hard to get the word out so that people know all these awesome services exist here
0: i mean that's amazing you guys did you just hear that that long list of all the stuff that Christina and Jovial Concepts and all the team at the co-op at first is doing, and they've been open less than a year. That is that is just so incredible. Every single one of them, like the date night. I love especially that idea of the neighbors being able to come and sell their stuff. I know when I was in South Korea, there was a five-day market, and so every five days, they would have, um, it was kind of like the grandma's market, where they would bring whatever they had in their garden and sell it. And it just seemed like such a super cool way to do things that that we've lost touch with and they were such good negotiators
1: (laughs) that is so cool
0: (laughs) yeah i could not get a break on anything so moving forward um what's what's kind of your vision for 2020 and um who yeah who do you want to partner with who do you want to hear from
1: I think really just seeing more folks um, in this area getting involved in their health. Um, we have massive rates of food-related illness in our immediate neighborhood and surrounding area and across the United States as a whole. I think it's still one in five kids or families with kids don't know where their next meal is coming from. Forty um, percent of folks in our neighborhood have diabetes and hypertension. and. You know, these, these illnesses and these health problems are so preventable with some time. I mean, it, it really takes time to cook healthy meals and focus on your body and make sure you're getting enough exercise and movement. But I'd really, I'd really like to see all of us stop working so many hours and take a little bit more time for our health and wellness. Um, if you go to our website, jovialconcepts.org, There's a contact us page, and you can let us know why you're reaching out, whether it's a garden at your school, if you want to volunteer. And I can't even begin to tell you the health benefits of just playing in a garden for 10 minutes a day. It's a world of difference, just being out in the sun and taking that minute for you and nurturing something that's going to bring you health and wellness.
0: Christine, I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, yeah, I would like to work on... I don't know, like a garden at my school or at my work, but we don't have money for that. So, and then they just stop there. Do you, would you still like to hear from them if they don't have uh, a, if they haven't figured out the whole money part of it?
1: Please. Absolutely. And I would say that, especially if you're a school or business, that's something that sets us aside because we do have grants to put gardens in those areas. Um, Residentially too, we're never gonna turn anyone away. So um, whether it's the service the co-op provides or the gardens, please reach out to us because we take everyone and wanna make sure everyone has access. That's one of our biggest goals.
0: Cool. Okay, and so then um, Christina, for people who are outside of the Colorado area who might want to start something like you've started in the community, whether it's that kind of lawns to gardens type of service or, or a co-op. I'm sure, and I, I was got to witness some of them firsthand, uh, like the construction delays and uh, all that kind of stuff. I know you've been through plenty of um, ups and downs and things that could have stopped you along your way, and yet here you are 10 years after you started Jovial, still going strong. Um, so what would what would your advice be to people who want to start something like this in their community?
1: Be determined. And if someone tells you you can't do it, just ignore them because you absolutely can. Um, you know, it may be something where some states don't allow backyard gardening. There is probably a sustainability community in your city or county that you could probably reach out to and figure out how to either get grandfathered in or change some of those laws. Maybe might have to be a start of it. You can always garden on your patio or inside your house. Um, A lot of tomatoes and different fruits and vegetables do great. Um, I know at my house I have lime trees and kumquat trees um, inside, so there is delicious things you can grow without a garden. Um, and I would say use Google. (laughs) It's everyone's friend uh, to a point, Um, but you could hop on there and see if there are groups already gardening in your area. You could sign up to be part of a community garden, a school garden. Um, If you participate in a community garden at a school, you're giving access to education about fruits and vegetables to kids who may not have access to it otherwise, so I think it's a really great way to get involved.
0: Okay. Those are all good tips from everything from if you want to start something, then just be determined and go ahead and expect obstacles to come up in your way and don't let it stop you. Um, as, as you have seen here, this is an awesome amount of determination and also love. And I, and just kind of wrapping it all up here. Um, Thinking back to what you said that when you started, that it was just the motivation was how to how to work for peace, and um, and that is a pretty abstract concept, um, and so being able to to work on food and building community around food is a very um, Tangible thing that everybody can bite into, I guess. Um, <laughs> all right. So, any last thoughts that we should wrap up on? I know. So, org is where you find out all this information about Christina Welch. She's the executive director and all the cool stuff they're doing. So, any other last things we should mention, Christina?
1: I think we covered it, but I want to thank you again, Joan. I think it's great what you're doing in the community. I think your podcasts are amazing and you just are truly an inspirational warrior for sustainability and we hope that you keep doing what you're doing
0: well we'll keep doing it all together that's for sure (laughs) all right thanks so much christina and remember everybody the time for action is now because there is no planet b bye thanks (laughs) joan Well, that's it for another episode of the Green Team Academy podcast. Remember to check out all the resources to help you make a positive eco-impact in your community at greenteamacademy.com. Thanks so much and see you right back here soon.